So hello, everybody. Welcome back. Another week closer to a new year. <laughs> um, Tessa's here. And uh, truth be told, I'm having a conversation with her right now about how I was really lazy and I did not feel like recording right now. Oh, yeah. It's been one of those days where I just, well, tr- truth be told for me, I'm not, I'm trying not to have fully caffeinated things this week again. I think you just almost spit that through your nose. <laughs> Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, I swear I, th- I was going to see a stream come out. It was re- very close. You feeling me though? Oh my gosh, today. Oh my God. It's hard to feel like I'm awake. I mean, so my, uh, my, it is December 11th, uh, Friday mm-hmm. and I have had, I think it's, it's finally hit me the last cup, the compounding of tasks that I needed to do complete last week. And even the beginning of this week, I I think I've finally hit my wall where I'm like, wow, I'm tired. Like I don't want to do, I mean, you can tell I'm like, I'm done. Like I'm done. I want to clock out. Typically I take the month of December off, like, because I, I will have had a long year of retreats and trainings and traveling and, you know, all the things, but I honestly feel the same level of intensity just from dealing of the, the, the P fuck. That's my phone. I'm sorry. Oops. <laughs> edit, edit. Uh, I'm not going to edit this out. So just so you guys know, I'm leaving that in there. These are real life moments. This is a real life moment. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I'm just, man, how many of you out there are going to have 2020 PTSD? Oh, for real. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm already, in, I've been in counseling this whole year, but- <laughs> trying to get a head start on that, you know, (laughs) you know, I, so for, uh, radically loved just a a tiny little, uh, podcast sponsor shout out for wise better help, uh, is a, you know, counseling, uh, website that connects you to therapists all over, uh, the country who are certified and, um, it's an incredible service just for people out there who are looking for resources, betterhelp.com forward slash wise. Uh, if you want to try it out, um, this just a shameless plug. It's just because I know a lot of people have used it. And right now that you said you've been in counseling, it just kind of reminded me like, wow, there's people yeah. out there who are, her. you know, during the holidays, I, uh, grew up with family members and uh, one of my parents being in AA. And so I just remember the holidays always being a really hard time for a lot of people who struggle with addiction or people who are have it, who have mental health problems. Like um, it, it's a hard time for a lot of people, you know, I mean, think about it uh, for people that have tools like you or I, or we have a support system or we have a partner, like, it's, it's hard for everyone, but I'm just thinking did the people out there who, who don't have the support system, you know, like we're really feeling for you during this time because it is, it is a hard time, you know? Yeah. Especially this year when it's just not safe to gather together in big groups. Yeah. Feeling like maybe you, you might feel a little bit more socially isolated. Can you still find ways to connect and provide some self-care? So I love that. Yeah. I love that plug. That's a good idea. Oh, good. Um, I wanted to 
uh, I wanted to talk about this last or two, two weeks ago when we, when we had Tori on the show and I, I kept forgetting when I wanted to bring it up with you today. Um, I read the most recent time magazine, uh, the science of emotions edition, uh, talking about how to be happier and the upside of bad moods, secrets to mental strength. And there was this little graph that they, that they show, I'll show you guys here. Those of you watching the video, um, what she feels and what he feels. And I wanted to just (laughs) ask you to see if you could guess if it, if it's women or men, like what, what happens. So Okay. Are you game? Okay. Yes. Let's do I was going to text you and I'm like, you know, well, why don't I just ask? Because, yeah. Okay. So fine. this says, uh, are women more emotional? Are men quicker to anger? The sexes feel the same emotions, but sometimes act on them differently. Thanks to the nurture. Thanks to nurture and nature. Mm-hmm. So sadness, uh, who is quicker to go to sadness, women or men, women, that is correct. On average, women cry more than men in part because of hormonal differences between the sexes. Women also are more likely uh, to have suicidal thoughts, according mm. to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, uh, which is, wow, that's really I didn't know that. shocking. Yeah. I didn't either. So men are less likely than women to express vulnerability in part because of social norms. Mm -hmm. This is one of the reasons only a third of mental health outpatient visits are by men. According to the American Psychological Association, men are about four times as likely as women to die from suicide. Hmm. Yeah. Wild, right? It's so intense. Um, I should have said trigger warning. We're going to talk about some intense things, but I think- this is very apropos to just where we are and what this community is about and, and why we're here, you know, so much of why we practice what we do, whether it's mindfulness, whether it's running or meditation or whatever it it may be, we do it to create a deeper connection to ourselves and, and to our community, albeit virtually at the moment or via this medium listening to podcasts or following us on Instagram or whatever. Um, but I think it's, it's important for us to be able to talk about this without having the shame or the fear of, of it, you know, because I feel like a lot of people need to talk about it. I mean, I'll go back to what I said about the community of, of AA. Now I'm not, uh, I'm not, um, in AA myself, I have grown up in, the rooms, so to speak. So I'm very familiar with uh, Alcoholics Anonymous as a program. And as a a lot of people in my life are still currently um, in recovery through that means. And I think it's a very um, great um, community and it's a very great way uh, to pave your path towards recovery uh, in my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, let's talk about anger. Who is is quicker to anger, women Mm -hmm. or men? I'm good with men. That is correct. Multiple <laughs> studies have found a link between testosterone and aggression, likely because testosterone activates our brain's emotion center, the amygdala. While men and women feel the same amount of intensity in anger, men are more likely to assault the target of their anger physically. Mm. Wild. Wow. Yeah. Um, it says women, uh, 
women are more likely to use words to get what they want while preserving social harmony. They may be slower to act out of anger than men because their orbital frontal cortex, the brain's emotional control center is a relatively larger is relatively larger than their amygdala, which registers anger per a study in cerebral cortex. Mm. What do you think of that? I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense just to, I think it makes more sense um, the way that we're socialized versus the way that our brain chemistry actually works as human beings, if you know Mm -hmm. what I mean. I feel like we're socialized. I mean, you just talked about this, how we're socialized as men or how men are socialized to be aggressive and how women are socialized to be softer. So it makes a lot of sense to me that these are the answers. Yeah. What about fear and anxiety? Hmm. Uh, as, as a couple, like they go together. Yeah. Together. So who's more likely to be more, yeah, fearful who's, who's more likely to have fear and anxiety. I would go with women. Okay. Yes. Women are about twice as likely that as men to suffer from generalized anxiety, according to a 2016 research published in uh, brain and behavior. Women also women Sorry, (laughs) I can't have my glasses on. Women are also about twice as likely as men to have specific phobias such as uh, towards heights or snakes, Mm. according to behavior research and therapy. Um, In relationships and sports at work, men display less fear and are primed to flight when their territory is challenged, says Mm. neuropsychiatrist Luann Bridezine. Men are driven by thrill, even when facing danger. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. We're both like, hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Okay. So who is, yeah. What about with love? This is the last one. Okay. So with love, um, I think of it as a very feminine characteristic. So I'd go with women. Okay. University of Montreal researchers found that women are better than men at reading facial expressions and tone of voice, which may help with fostering relationships. Mm -hmm. Women pick up suitable signs of sadness. Uh, So I'm sorry. Women pick up subtle signs of sadness 90% of the time, whereas men pick up on such signs 40% of the time. So women are better at uh, reading facial expressions. Therefore, I think being a little bit more intuitive when it comes to love men show caring by offering solutions to alleviate stress or sadness. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the truth. Right. So this is, I wanted to, uh, I had this on here and I kept forgetting to bring it up even, even last week, but I'm glad I, I brought it up now. I just find it so fascinating, right? These not necessarily the gender roles, but even in, uh, Glennon Doyle's, uh, latest book untamed she talks about little boys and the conditioning of boys and feeling and and sensing emotion and i don't know that men can't also achieve that level of acuity i just feel like um i just feel like it's just like a conditioning that happens you know because of men are the uh hunter gatherers right they are the ones that are out. Well, that's again, uh, I'm doing air quotes, what the societal norms want us to, to believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, so I've talked a little bit about my husband, Jorge, 
and I, I hate using the word macho because, you know, it, it sounds derogatory and I don't mean it that way. I really don't. He's such a sweet man, but he thinks of himself as such a provider. Yeah. And it's such a, if you think about gender roles, yeah, masculine characteristic, but he comes from a culture that's very delineated by gender roles. And, um, and then I have some friends here in the States that grew up in the States and they have a different background and different uh, parenting and different upbringing. And they have so they, it seems to me like these men or these guy friends of mine have such a different way, like so much more ability to, to listen and like read my facial cues and respond in a, in a loving way. Not that Jorge doesn't, this is coming out all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I see, I notice a big difference between environments and cultures and yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, totally. No, no, no. I, I get it. I totally, I I totally agree. And look, I mean, Jorge is one of the sweetest, kindest men on the planet. Um, but I would say I would, I would lump Tori along the same lines because I mean, he grew up, you know, blue collar family. Mm. Um, you know, my, my papa bear, his dad is, you know, incredibly, um, uh, sort of like committed to being a provider and being that like male presence and Mm -hmm. making sure that everything's taken care of all the time. And I feel like there's so much of that, you know, like, I don't, not that I don't, I know this is going to sound bad. Not that I don't have time to have all the feels, but it's just, it, it comes from a different place. You know, it's almost like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, their, their sense, their pleasure center, where it comes to, as far as the payoff to do something feels more, um, substantial when they're helping, when they're fixing, when they're providing, when they're being of service, as opposed to being emotionally available. So, you know, for it, I, when I say what comes first, the chicken or the egg, it's like, is it, it's not that it's right or wrong. It's just their way, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a long time for me in my relationship, and you can tell me if it was the same in yours, I I had an issue with the lack of emotional availability because I felt that my partner needed to be way more emotionally available and wanted to talk about his feelings and why didn't he want to do internal work? You know, (laughs) I, I actually wrote about it in the book. I don't know how much of it will actually make it into the book, the final product, but I do talk about issues that Tori and I had, you know, during our like seven, eight year uh, anniversary where I was feeling like I was doing all this internal work and he wasn't. And I felt that there was this huge disparity between where we wanted our lives to go together, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think all of the stuff that we're talking about comes into play. When we look at the studies, like the ones that I just read, I think it's important for us to utilize it as a tool, not to, not to blame or shame or to demean our beautiful, strong male counterparts. It's just, I think for us, it's better and more helpful to understand that a lot of this is just part of somebody's makeup, not to say that they can't change, but it's like, I think it should invite us to meet our partner halfway, Mm -hmm. right. As opposed to 
oh, you need to be more like me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's something that I think I'm just coming to realize in these past few years, because yes, like you, I was always feeling like I I was feeling a lot like I wasn't being met halfway because I had these unrealistic expectations that if I cried and got emotional, that Jorge would do the same with me for some reason. And his way of, yeah, like if I was showing emotion, I would want him to, to, to like mirror it. Um, and I was just kind of realizing that as you were, as you were talking, um, that I was expecting him to show up in the same way emotionally that I was showing up, which is just not part of his makeup, whether it's cultural or genetic or what, or a blend of the two. And now I can appreciate for him for all of the ways that he, he really fills me up where I feel like I, I need it. And we really complement each other in a lot of ways. So his strengths are. Um, just bring more strength to me and my strengths bring more strength to him. And wow. we make a great team in that way, but it's taken a lot of, you know, revolutions to figure that out and yeah. to see that positive side. Yeah. And I think that you said something so key that I feel like a lot of people don't give themselves the, the opportunity to f- find out is to give yourself the seasons, to give yourself the time and the space. Mm-hmm. Most of the time people are so quick to end things quickly or say, oh, this isn't working. I need to move on as opposed to saying, okay, maybe this is part of a phase or a cycle. Yeah. Can we move through this? Can we push through this? Can we find a new way of being? Um, if things aren't working out, can we move past our differences? Can we move past making mistakes? Like, can we navigate this and still try and be together? I think that the big problem is we're just in a world and a society where there is a buffet and we think, (laughs) oh, it's something else is better out there. Not to say that there isn't, but I'm just saying, sometimes the ideal in our mind is better than, than what's actually out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it looks really, I always think about life, like, you know, those lot big Las Vegas buffets, you know, the ones where it's just this plethora of delicious options and, and the desserts, you can see all like the pastries and cakes and everything. And I'm just like, I want, everything, you know, <laughs> I know this is so fucked up now. I'm this hungry. Up. Sorry. This is kind of a <laughs> fucked up analogy, but it's true. You know, you think about it in terms of relationships and look, I work with a lot of single people. I work with a lot of people that have been through hard times in their relationships. I work with people that are going through a divorce and my options always going to, my option, my, my advice is always the same. Inquire within first. Mm-hmm find out what, what part of you needs to be nurtured first. Mm -hmm. Make sure your side of the street is clean Mm -hmm. and make sure that you are honest with yourself and with your partner and then do 100% of your 50%. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that and you're good with that, then and if your partner can meet you halfway, then you've got a, you've got a great thing. Why, why ruin it? You know, everybody goes through ups and downs. Everybody goes through phases. It's same. It goes with friendships. You know, you have friendships that 
you're really close during a phase and then you're not during a phase and then you reconnect and some friends like it, the relationship run runs its course and then you move on, you know, that's okay. Same, same with romantic relationships. But the one thing that I will say about being in a long-term relationship is at the end of the day, like wherever you go, there you are. Exactly. So, yeah. So if you're not cleaning up your side of the street, if you're not being on, if you're not doing that internal work, you're going to find maybe there'll be different issues. Um, but really every relationship that you're in, the things that trigger you are just a mirror for what, for what triggers you. It's yeah. just like that person is going to show you the parts of yourself where you need to learn how to be whole. So yeah. you can do that in the relationship you're currently in. You can leave the relationship and do that with somebody else. Mm. You can do that work by yourself on your own, but every relationship you're in is going to give you that opportunity. Oh, love. All right. Well, on that <laughs> note, before we go real deep and you guys are, we're coming up here to the end of the year. Um, then next week we have, uh, an incredible guest that I've been following for a long time on TikTok, uh, also on Instagram. She is a astrologer, right? Yeah. Um, so. Marin Altman. She's incredible. So make sure you tune in next week to get her uh, interview. It's incredible. She talks about all of the signs. So if you're wanting to know what's in store for 2021, definitely tune in next week. Um, and also don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. So with that being said, today's guests are uh, incredibly inspiring entrepreneurial um, duo. It's a brother sister duo, which we've never had on the show. And at first, I think they were trying to figure out who would do the interview. And I'm like, no, let's have you both. I think it's such an incredible, they had such a great story. And I was so excited to have them on. Um, so Chelsea and Mitch are um, part of this um, company. Well, I mean, it's their company. They, they created Freddie spelled with an I. Um, their whole aim was to help uh, women prioritize their wellness. So they discuss their journey towards self-care, the value of nootropics. I like saying that word. I don't know why I'm nootropics, nootropics, <laughs> and their advice for people having a hard time amid today's global crisis. We talk about how you can be your best self by taking care of your health first, we learn about nootropics and how they <laughs> nootropics. I just love that word. Is that weird? Um, I just keep picturing a little palm tree for some reason. I, ah, I think that's actually part tree. of their branding. I know. Oh, maybe, maybe that's why it is part of their brand branding. Um, and we'll talk about what their definition of true happiness is. Um, they'll talk about why they started this, um, this company, uh, with, the rigorous hours. So Mitch actually, um, had a health scare. He was working on wall street and, uh, I just think it was such a sweet story and on how his sister was already an entrepreneur and how they just both came together with, with this idea. And I just want to support them because I really feel like they have something very special and I'm just really excited to share their story. Yeah. I'm excited for everyone to listen. What, little sages they are. I know. I love them Such, so much. Oh, I'm, you guys are going to love this episode. Uh, it's a good one. So without, without further ado, here is Chelsea and Mitch. 
I struggled for years to not only find a multivitamin that I liked, but one that I would take. As a holistic health coach, I've known for years that the multivitamins that you can get at a store always have different things in them. Things like sugars, GMOs, fillers, artificial colorants, these are ingredients that you might find in any multivitamin, but Ritual is not your typical multivitamin. Ritual is vegan-friendly and made with key nutrients in forms your body can actually use with no shady extras. I take Ritual because I care a lot about what I put into my body and I wanna make sure that what I'm putting in is actually nourishing my body, not hindering it. I only wish that I would've started taking Ritual sooner. Ritual multivitamins are available for women, men, and teens and are scientifically developed to help support different lifestyles stages. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com forward slash loved to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com forward slash L-O-V-E-D to get 10% off your first three months. And now back to our show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. I'm joined by two very special guests. And, and you know what? I wish I could do like this type of Zoom more often because I just it makes me feel like I get really excited when there's two other people and not just two people. I don't know why it makes me feel like, oh, we're <laughs> sitting together having tea. OK, anyway, before I introduce them, I'm going to tell you who they are. Um, Chelsea and Mitch Glazer are the sister and brother co-founders of Freddie, the wellness brand helping women achieve career success by putting their wellness first. Chelsea is a brand strategist and serial entrepreneur, and she's also co-founder of Launch It Girl, a brand and web design firm for ambitious women. That's me. I'm an ambitious woman. So that's obviously directed to me. Mitch is a former Wall Street investment banker already, love, who heavily into, who's heavily into holistic wellness practice for extreme stress and long work hours, led him to a serious health scare, which he's going to tell us all about. They joined forces to build Freddie to make it simpler for goal-oriented women to prioritize their wellness and to help them feel their best at work so they can do their best at work. So one of the things that I want to say, I rarely read uh, intros for people like that because I always feel like, I'm list, I'm a listographer, but I, I've really been looking forward to you both. And I wanted to touch on every single thing that you guys do, because I think it's so important to our conversation. So, uh, without further ado, welcome both Mitch and Chelsea to the show. Here's Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, so that all that being said, you know, before we actually started the recording, um, Mitch, you were talking about the bigger intention of of what you guys wanted to create, and I it really resonated with me. So, um, why don't we start? You give me a little bit of background, and then Chelsea can chime in right after, if that's okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so I'll just kind of kick it off with where my career started and how it kind of led to this like initial idea of Freddie. Um, and so, and then, and then we'll go into how that, how Chelsea got looped in along the way. Yes. And so I know how she got looped in. <laughs> um, and then actually she's the one who like took it and then actually gave us direction. So she's, she's um, probably more important than I am. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so basically this all started uh, when I graduated college and I got a job in investment banking on Wall Street, I started off at Deutsche Bank 
And I don't know if you've ever heard about the rigorous hours that investment bankers pull, but it is brutal. And so I did my internship there. And so I already knew what I was getting myself into. But once I actually started working, it was like 10 times worse than I actually thought it was even after doing it for those three months. And so when, to give you some context, the, on average, I was leaving the office at like two or 3 AM, but I would often pull all nighters and never leave. And like, there are so many nights. I mean, every single week I'd leave at like four or 5 AM on one or two of the days. And so Basically, there was this one horrible six-week period where I pulled 16 all-nighters, and every other night I was sleeping at most like three to four hours, and I was chronically sleep-deprived like to the point where I was basically losing my mind. And um, I get home on the, at the end of the six-week period, and all the 16 all-nighters had already been pulled. I'm feeling horrible. I can barely stand up straight. Like I'm literally feeling dizzy. Um, and I'm still being expected to do all the same work and produce it at the same quality, which is nuts, but we'll get to that later. Um, so I get home at like 5 a.m. Um, from a from another long day and I go to like put my head on the pillow and get two or three hours of sleep before going back into work. And my brain starts buzzing with electricity. And that's the, and that's the only way I can describe it. That's what it felt like. And it was very like loud and violent and it was terrifying. And so I sit up and I'm and I'm like, starting to freak out a little bit, but I only have two or three hours of sleep to get. So I try to go back to sleep. And, um, and so I put my head down again and then it happens again. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh shit, I must be having like a stroke or something. And the way I've been treating myself over these last six weeks, like that kind of seems in the realm of possibility. And so now I think I'm having a stroke, which sends me into a panic attack. And so now I'm just like in a really, really bad, bad shape. And so I get out of bed and I go out into the living room because it feels like my bed at that point felt like a coffin. I felt like if I was just going to die there, if I stayed under the, under the blankets. And so I go out into the living room and I take my phone out and I dial 911 and my finger is hovering over the call button. And I'm just like thinking to myself, I'm like, Jesus Christ, am I really admitting to myself that it's gotten this bad? Like when I hit call, like my whole office is going to know about this. I'm going to have to like, I, I'm admitting it to myself that I've like neglected myself so poor, like so badly. Yeah. Oh. Um, and, and so, you know, I ended up not pressing, not calling an ambulance and I ended up falling asleep on the couch, sitting upright for like an hour or two before going back into work. Um, and then fortunately I actually was able to get a, a, a decent night's sleep that night. And then I think I led me to a weekend where then I slept all weekend and then I ended up being okay. And then it kind of like leveled out over time. But that moment, that night, which was like definitely the scariest moment of my life. I literally thought I was going to die or, you know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was possible. Um, it made me realize that I had been neglecting myself horribly and that I needed to make a drastic change or I was going to have to, you know, find a different career or just do something completely different. And so that kind of sparked this, this wellness journey that I've been on now for over five years, five, probably like six years. Um, and it's been amazing. And so Freddie, uh, and so basically I, I kept working and started, you know, adopting all these different wellness techniques, one being uh, nootropics, which is, you know, Freddie's first product, but really like the emphasis was on everything else. There was meditation, cold showers, nutrition, fitness, all of that stuff kind of all working together really helped me kind of get back on my A game. And, um, I've always wanted to start a company. And so I decided that like, you know, this sort of concept of wellness in the workplace is 
um, you know, it, it helped me so dramatically that like, it felt like a very natural business to start. And so when I was thinking of where we could start, uh, Nootropics, which is a very up and coming sort of uh, industry, and not really many people have heard about it, but I found them to be like incredibly beneficial. I thought this would be a great jumping off point. And so, um, as you already mentioned, Chelsea runs a, a branding agency called Launch It Girl. And so she was like the first sounding board when I, when I had this idea and I was like, Hey, Chelsea, um, you know, I have this idea of starting a wellness brand. I want to start with this one product. Um, and so what are your thoughts? And so I'll let Chelsea take it from there. Um, so go for it, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've heard Mitch tell that story so many times now, just, and every time it still just like makes me so upset that like Aww. that he was suffering like so much yeah. during that time. It's like, I really couldn't imagine. Like I had basically I'll, I'll pick up where he left off in just a second here, but um, I had like a completely opposite career path that I chose out of college where I basically started working for myself very quickly and just pursued passion project after passion project. And I had a, a, I also found myself at a low point experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of burnout, but for a very different reason and from a very different perspective, which was, I personally just had really unrealistic expectations of what my like dream job and what career fulfillment was supposed to feel like and look like every day where I showed up to that. And I was like, I would get to a point where, you know, that project I was pursuing just was, it was hard. And I was like, it, I wasn't getting a lot of momentum and I was feeling just kind of like, like, ah, oh, like there's so many mundane tasks. Like this is so like, I'm doing so many things I don't want to be doing. Is this really how I want to spend my time? And I would just kind of get really burnt out and get sucked into this spiral of, you know, worrying that I was you know, not doing something that I was going to enjoy that I was going to get trapped inside of a kind of unenjoyable career path. Um, and so I would pivot and keep doing that. And I was, what I ended up doing was just really spinning my wheels for so long that I brought myself to this point of burnout just because I, I wasn't finding that thing that was truly fulfilling. And uh, of course, throughout my own kind of wellness journey, I got to a point that I was almost having like daily panic attacks for like several months. And I was like, what is going on? And then I kind of I went to a doctor and I was like thinking I needed like an EKG scan. Like I was like, why am I having so many heart palpitations? Like I had no idea what was going on. And he finally prescribed me a book called The Happiness Trap. And it was all about ruminating thoughts and anxiety. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's what's going on. I have a lot of anxiety because my like expectations are not matching up no matter how much effort I pour in. Mm. And ultimately what I realized was I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't really doing the inner work that needed to be done for, for I can really make fulfillment and you know, nurture passion in the things that I was putting my effort into. And so I also found my own way to meditation and yoga and, you know, from a very different perspective of just realizing like, I need to like slow down, take a breath, soak in what I'm doing and really think about, you know, how can I make the most of the situation and really pour more effort into the things that I'm starting so that I can move forward and start to find fulfillment in them instead of constantly seeking the next thing. Um, so that ultimately led me to a journey of starting Launch a Girl, which is my brand and web design agency. And it's so much fun working with lots of ambitious women to help them launch their businesses and uh, get their brands 
um, all launched and everything put together um, so that they feel really confident bringing their businesses into the world. So um, that's when I've been running Launch a Girl for a couple of years when Mitch came to me with his own business idea. And I'm like, yes, get out of the horrible banking industry that is sucking your soul and join me on the path to entrepreneurship. So I was so excited that he came to me with this idea and what he, he was kind of describing these um, products to me and he had told, he'd been telling me about them and how much they'd been working for him. Um, and one of the parts of our conversation was, you know, there were very few women that had really heard of nootropics, but there were quite a few men who had heard of nootropics and we're kind of looking at the industry and kind of trying to figure out why that was. And all of the brands out there that offer them are super, super masculine and aggressive in their messaging, or they're like fire on all cylinders, like really position it as mm -hmm. a limitless pill, like push your body to your max, like full potential kind of like extremist communication around this. And they're, they just really weren't reaching women with, you know, more feminine values or, you know, a, a softer approach to, you know, like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to fire on more cylinders. Like that sounds so overwhelming. Like my brain is such a chaotic place already. Yeah. Like I just kind of want to like, oh, like calm down and just focus on one thing at a time. And um, so I, I had tried the products before because Mitch had suggested I give them a shot. And what I found from Nootropics was that they really did have more of this calming effect than they did. Like it wasn't this fire on all cylinders, limitless feeling. It was this kind of subtle boost in your day that just made you feel a bit better and helped you move forward more consistently towards your goals and, and get like push through that brain fog in the midday, um, the midday slump. So that's kind of where we started this conversation was instead of just making a brand that's appealing to women, why don't we make a brand for women that mm. really targets those issues and empathizes with what ambitious women go through with all the different dynamics in life, all of the competing priorities that we have um, and, and build one that, you know, it really speaks to you know, my, my clients at launch a girl were really the inspiration behind bringing this brand to life and thinking about how can we help them prioritize their wellness in all that they do. And that's kind of how it came together. And, you know, we, we found a really solid trajectory for the brand. And then Mitch asked me to stay on board as his co-founder. And of course I couldn't say no. So here we are. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love, I have so many questions. Do you guys come <laughs> from an entrepreneurial family? No, no, not at all. It's a, a very risk averse family, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. How many siblings do you guys have? Um, it's just the two of us and we have step siblings as well, but yeah. So what I'm just curious, I'm always fascinated with entrepreneurial spirit people um, like myself, my partner, he is also an entrepreneur. He comes from a family of entrepreneurs, though. So everybody's self-employed, you know, blue collar, like electrician, uh, you know, log home builders, like that, that's kind of his, you know, background. And for me, I was definitely not the entrepreneur. I came from a very like traditional, you know, first generation Mexican American, go to school, get a job with 401k, like you made it, you know? So <laughs> like, so I'm just curious, like where, you know, yeah, like how, how this might be a little bit non sequitur, but how did that where did that come from? Like, where did you guys, I mean, obviously having the experience in the work environment, 
I think would inspire that obviously Chelsea for you right after school, you probably already felt that urge to just do something on your own. Um, but I'm curious, Mitch, if, if yours was the same, was there a little bit of fear? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I always love knowing what the spark is for people that allows them to take that leap. Yeah, that's, it's a, it's a very good question. Um, for me, it was, you know, obviously I just told the story of, you know, the, the horrible like conditions that I was working in. <laughs> right. But, and so like, obviously that was like part of the motivation, but um, you know, like after I sort of like, you know, put the sort of wellness uh, techniques into action, um, the, you know, I started doing very, very well at work. It seemed very uh, manageable and sustainable at that point. And so then the problem sort of shifted elsewhere. It became, okay, I'm feeling good. I'm happy um, on a day-to-day basis, but am I really fulfilling a bigger potential? And am I doing something where I feel like I'm being creative and really like doing something that is me, not just sort of doing a defined job and doing it better than the next person. And so when I kind of came to terms that I was not doing that, and enough time passed that it started to really, really bother me. It just kind of reached a tipping point where I was like, you know what? I need to make a change. I want to do something for myself. Here's this idea. And so it kind of all just, it was just kind of like the perfect moment where it was time to time to leave the, the cushy job with the 401k and, and do something else. What about you, yeah. Chelsea? Um, I, I kind of had a slightly different experience going into it just because I started so early that I just didn't have anything to lose. (laughs) Um, I was like, yeah, let's, let's go for it. I think, um, the biggest thing for me is I've just always struggled with routine and rigid structure and in my mind, unnecessary rules. Um, they just make me feel very trapped and claustrophobic Mm -hmm. and, something that I've always felt was kind of unfair was like, just, just not being able to, you know, fit, fit life into your work day. Like you had to try to squeeze life around your work. And I've always felt like it should be the other way around that work fills in where, you know, you prioritize certain things with work, but that it really shouldn't be more important than your life and your relationships and family and other things that need to come um, first. And really work just isn't the point. Like you're, you work to create a meaningful life and, um, and work is just one of the things that kind of comes with the creation of a all encompassing meaningful life and fulfillment and all of those things. And so I, and I, I do have workaholic tendencies. Like I love working, um, but I, I don't like being told when I have to work and when I have to be on my A game and when I show up, I've always been kind of a night owl too. I'm like, gosh, I would just love to have a structure and a lifestyle that I can, you know, when I, I can ride my creative wave well into two or 3 a.m. and keep working on that thing that's inspiring me without totally ruining my next day or feeling like, you know, crap that I have to wake up at 6 a.m. to get to work. And, um, and I just, I wanted to create a lifestyle for myself that I could really nurture my creative energy, that I could pour fully into something um, and, and not have, you know, just, just be able to give my ideas some space to breathe also. Um, and, and so it's just kind of that combination of that creative drive and that, you know, really craving for a lifestyle that just felt more blended and balanced in a way that felt more authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's kind of always what dro- drove me forward. And I've just always just wanted to 
create things and start things. And so I just, just started. Yeah, no, that's awesome. (laughs) Thank you guys. Yeah. I'm always so curious. I always like to ask those questions. I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I want to touch on a couple of things that you guys both said. Um, first of all, who wants to define what nootropics are? I'll let Mitch take that. For you, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so nootropics, it's um, actually a very broad sort of industry where you it's it's if you google it, you're going to be misled, and so this is a much better explanation. It's basically like everything from coffee to um, you know, Adderall or prescription medication, and so if whatever you are taking does something that affects your cognition, whether it's energy or focus or um, you know, whatever. ADHD medication would claim it does, Mm -hmm. then it is technically a nootropic supplement. And so I like to think of it as, you know, coffee on the one side, and then, you know, the prescription meds on the other. And we are in the middle where it's, you know, more than coffee, but it is no synthetic ingredients in it. It has no chemicals in it. It is just all natural um, herbs, mushrooms, and amino acids. Cool. Thank you for explaining that because there's definitely people that are listening to this podcast that, you know, may have heard me talk about it in the past with regard to something, but we've never actually had somebody give us that great of an explanation. So thanks, Mitch. One of the reasons why I never wore white is because every time I would, it would always stain underneath, I know this is TMI, underneath the armpit, they would like turn yellow. So I never liked wearing white. And later I realized that it was a reaction to the aluminum in the deodorant that I was wearing. The more I got into health and wellness, the more I wanted to really nourish my body inside and out and use products that weren't going to have as many toxins as some products out there that are very well known. So the other thing I was always worried about with deodorants was that it would cover, you know, that odor that happens after you're really sweaty after a run or a yoga class. When I found my native deodorant, I was intrigued by the fact that it was vegan. And I found that not only does it block odor better, but it's also made from ingredients like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. So aluminum forms a plug in your sweat glands that keep you from sweating. That's why Native never uses ingredients like aluminum, parabens, sulfate, or talc. Switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice an odor protection. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. With over 10 scents, including rotating seasonals, Native has something for everyone. My favorite being the lavender and rose, but they have scents like coconut and vanilla, cucumber and mint. Native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with a free shipping within the U.S. plus a free 30-day return and exchange. I believe in having clean options. I support companies who innovate products that break the norm and help clean up my daily routine. So that's why I love Native. So do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash loved or promo code loved at checkout and get 20% off of your first order. That's nativedo.com forward slash loved or use promo code loved at checkout for 20% off of your first order. One of the things that I wanted to uh, go back to you now, Chelsea, and ask you, um, talking about anxiety, and I think that this is something that so many of us are experiencing right now, especially in the climate of 2020. We're going through a pandemic in the U.S. We've we've 
gone through a lot of civil unrest. There's just a lot of things going on in the world right now. Um, one of the things that you said specifically that affects each each one of us as individuals is you said, um, my expectations weren't matching up. And that really, that really uh, resonated with me because my teacher always says that um, expectation is just premeditated resentment. And so, and I always, I always like to think about that, the vision of your life and the things that aren't happening as a way for us to manifest something or to create something that's not currently, currently in front of us. But sometimes if we think about that too much, then it creates a certain level of anxiety um, that can have the opposite effect of us being propelled towards our goals, right? It creates a more um, sort of, uh, I want to say there's more inertia. It makes it more difficult for you to get there because you start to think, wow, I'm never going to get there, right? Yeah. So I'd love you to just elaborate a little bit more on that and also why why you decided to work with women specifically. Yeah. Um, so I guess like I would say something that I like in terms of the expectations that I had, I think it was, I, I was really wanting to just create the happiest possible life for myself. And I, the thought of doing something that just felt miserable on a daily basis was truly hard. I couldn't, I couldn't swallow that like at all. It, it was something that I, I really, um, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It was just like, oh, like it repulsed me the idea of doing something that wasn't fun every day. Like I just wanted life to be fun and be able to pursue creative passions. And so I think what I had, because I think there are a lot of factors that created this unrealistic expectation of, you know, there's, um, there's like, you hear, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, you know, and, and people say like, you know, kind of implying that if you are you know, working the dream job and you're living your passions, then work doesn't feel like work. It just feels right. like fun and you know, you're loving it. And so that's kind of what I was expecting. I'm like, Oh, great. Then I'll just take the fun path and I'll just love every day all the time and never be sad. Um, and of course there are those mundane tasks there are the stressful things there are those things you bump into that, as an entrepreneur, you have to grow through because you have to be every department of your organization and you're not good at everything when you start. And I'm like, oh, I'm not good at this. This doesn't feel good. I don't want to, you know, like just kind of balancing all of those. And so I love that you said, I love that you just <laughs> said to grow through instead of like go through. Oh yeah. <laughs> want to point that out yeah. just in case you guys didn't hear it. That's that really is good. the key. Absolutely. You got to learn how to grow through it for sure. And yeah, I think like just managing those expectations within myself and realizing that it's just, it's not going to be perfectly fun every single day. And it, there are going to be moments of discomfort and it's really not about constant happiness and constant, you know, overwhelming joy every day. What it is, is a longer term scale of fulfillment. And there's a ton of ways to really nurture that. But what I found is, you know, just yeah, leaning into a wellness practice is really kind of what 
help me understand how to take any situation and find the fulfillment in it instead of expecting that there's just this perfect thing out there for you that you have to extra, like it's, it's external and you have to go find it. And then once you find it, everything's perfect. It's like, no, you build it from the inside out and, um, and you, you take your experiences and you make the most of them. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of my, my process that I went through of realizing how to manage expectations better. Yeah, Um, no. Oh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I love I love everything that you're saying. I mean, it it truly speaks to our ability to just continue to move through different obstacles, you know, and I love that you're speaking to the fact that it's not always fun and exciting. You know, one of the things that you're saying, it just reminds me of one of the reasons why I love practicing yoga so much Um, in the yoga sutras of Patanjali. It's a yogic text that we often read whenever we're doing a training or People are learning more about yoga. The whole idea is for us to create or or be in more sustainable joy. Sustainable joy doesn't mean always be at 100%. We always have to be happy. It's like sustainable joy just means that my peaks and valleys aren't as extreme as they would be if I wasn't taking time for mindfulness and contemplation, self-care. So I I like that you're, you're saying that. Um, I I love that term sustainable joy. Yes, that is, that resonates deeply. A hundred percent. Yeah. People, people definitely too often associate happiness with the peaks, not just the, the stillness that is, you know, on the day-to-day level of just feeling on a baseline fulfillment. Um, It's associated with, you know, like the launch party or, you know, all of the very sexy, fun parts of things when, that's just like a one very specific, very rare piece of happiness. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I always akin that. To, I have a lot of friends that are musicians. And so anytime they get any type of accolade, um, you know, you'll hear about the band that's like wins the award for best new band, but they've been around for like 20 years. You know, it's, <laughs> it's sort of that that same process because we're so conditioned now to see the highlight reels of everything that we do, all the accolades. Oh, here's this award or oh, I'm, I'm on the New York Times bestseller list or I'm on here or I'm doing this now. And we don't we don't see, wow, I worked really hard for years and years and years to achieve this. I mean, I, I won, uh, well, the show, we, I'm going to say we, because everybody that's listening helped. We won a, a streaming award last, uh, for 2019. Oh, just kidding. I'm sorry. Well, it was earlier this year. I'm trying to delete 2020. Um, <laughs> we won Get an award for, right, for best wellness streaming podcast. And, you know, we've been doing this for five years and to me, it's like best new. I'm like, we're not new, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, but but those types of things where people don't see the work that goes behind the scenes where I wish that we would talk about it more often and and display those those moments more, not to an extreme, because I also follow some people that it's just they're just showing the valleys all the time. It's yeah, all about yeah. like, I'm sad, I'm depressed, you know, or this is always, oh, now this person's sick or I'm going through it. And it's it's like we can't set up camp there and live there forever. We have to be yeah. able to expand and be still and inquire within and really um, create a sustainable place for our own personal growth within ourselves. And we have to do that by taking care of ourselves. And actually, this is a great segue to go to a question that I wanted to ask you, Mitch, about what you were saying, um, 
you said that before you hit the call button, it would be an admission that you weren't taking care of yourself or that you, you might not be taking care of yourself. Had you dialed nine one one and it was almost like, I want to know in that moment, wow, like that was really deep when you said that, because there's been so many times, and I'm sure everybody listening can relate to that moment where you almost call for help or you almost call that friend or you almost hit send, but then you, you kind of talk yourself out of it. And it's not that it's good or bad. It's just an awareness. I think the most important thing is for us to have the awareness that we are at a breaking point, so to speak. Right. So yeah, like just the fact that I had to contemplate it made it real already, you know? And so I guess that would have been more of like, because I mean, we're all struggling with problems always. And they always kind of like, you know, they get worse and worse and worse before you, you know, start paying attention to them and making them better. And then they start inching back to like being fine and no longer a problem. But, you know, every once in a while, those problems get to a breaking point where, you know, maybe it has to be like a, you know, full-blown self-admission. Maybe it has to be a public admission. And, um, you know, it's, regardless of whether or not you do it, the problem is already there and it's just as severe whether or not you admit it or not. It's just like, okay, it's now publicly admitted. Everyone knows I'm struggling with this and now I'm going to have to do all the work. And so it just, I guess, depending on the person you are, if you're not under the, the circumstances that I was under where, you know, maybe I had to take, you know, a week off and everyone was just going to know that I went to the hospital and I can't, you can't talk, talk to me. You know, we're, we're all struggling with different issues where, you know, that's not necessarily the case. Um, but either way, depending on your personality, maybe you want to keep it to yourself. And so you can start just focusing on it without having to like reach out to that, you know, the, the friend you portrayed or, or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a good, it's actually, it's a good insight. I never really thought about it that way because the problem is always there and it can always reach a tipping point. And it's like that, whether the tipping point is there or not, it's like, it's still there. It's been there the whole time. Yeah. I have a question for you both. Actually, I'd love for you both to answer this because I find I'm, I'm in the same boat that you guys are. I mean, I so relate to everything that you guys are saying, because think about that person, for example, let's say that Mitch, that Mitch is another person, right? There's, there's a Mitch number two, M2. Okay. <laughs> and he did end up calling 911, going to the hospital and actually taking a week off and like just I don't know that any of us here would think anything different of him. In fact, we might actually think, wow, like he's taking the time to take care of himself. Right. So like mm-hmm. my whole, my whole intention with this question is we have so much more compassion for other people taking the time to go through their process. But why, why is it that we're so hard on ourselves and we can't have that same level of compassion and care that we can know that we have that awareness, like, and you just got your, I'm going to say you got your shit together and you just went back to work. Like, you're just like, kind of were like, okay, this is something that I have to pay attention to now. You can't unsee the elephant in the room. You've seen it already. You know, you're going to have to deal with it at some point, but still like we go through that, we push ourselves. So there was a time in my past life, I would say that's my last career, my last life, my last life. I was um, working as an executive for a very uh, famous uh, celebrity fitness trainer. And I remember there was a time where I got the flu and I'd never had the flu before. And I was sick. I mean, I was, I had a fever. I was on the ground, like laying on the ground, trying to get through just sending emails and coordinating schedules and booking flights and just like doing everything. And I just felt like 
I just need to sleep. And I just pushed through it and I pushed through it. And I remember going home that night, couldn't breathe, congested, just feeling like death. And I'm like, wow, there's no way like this is, and I still have so much to do. Like I can't call in sick tomorrow because I have to, I can just work from home and I can still perform. Right. Had that been one of my students or a friend or my sister or my brother, I would have been like, absolutely fucking not. There's nothing that's that important. And I think both of you guys will agree with me, right? Like Mitch, had that been Chelsea telling you that and Chelsea, obviously that's your brother. Like you would be like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Of course. And, and, and our whole message that like, which is now what we're talking about, like nonstop it's, you know, for instance, meditation, a lot of people view it as, oh, I'm spending 30 minutes meditating when I could be working. So like, I'm not going to meditate. But when you take that time for yourself, you come back and you do work at its best level and you show up as your best self. And so by neglecting the needs that you have to take that, even if it's a week, like this is going to manifest over the course of the next weeks, months, years, and they're going to completely disappear from professionally speaking. And it'll end up in them quitting or you having to fire them because they just can no longer perform. And so it's, it's all about just taking care of yourself when you have to, because there's true professional benefits. There's true uh, personal benefits of showing up as your best self, even if you have to sacrifice 30 minutes in the moment when you could be working on something else. And Mm -hmm. when you have like a wellness practice that you really think about it as like taking your vitamins, like it's, it's to sustain good health. I think a lot of people forget that when they're feeling good, they need to keep it up. Um, like it's not just you turn to meditation just to deal with anxiety that's coming up. It's like, you should be meditating every day to maintain the good trajectory that you're on. And when you spend a little bit of time maintaining that good health that you are feeling that good mental space that you're in, you know, it's not like, you know, and your physical fitness as well. Like that's when you really reduce those moments where you do have to just completely shut down and call in sick and, you know, you lose so much momentum and you lose so much productivity towards your goals when you let yourself just deteriorate to that point. Um, And so just keeping it up on a regular basis and having those really good habits that just keep you going, that keep you energized and having those kind of go-to things that, keep you energized and refill your tank. Um, when you start to feel the little dips in energy to kind of get you back up. So you're, you're more stable in general, I think is, is so, so important. Um, absolutely. Are you looking to supercharge your quest to cultivate a deep life? Then I highly recommend optimize. Optimize founder Brian Johnson has created a way for us to get more wisdom and less time with the intention of getting a little better every day. When he talks about purpose, he talks about how we can't find it outside of ourselves. It's important that we're willing to try new things. And this has been a game changer for me. So what do you get when you become a member of Optimize? You get access to over 600 of Brian Johnson's Philosopher's Notes. These are very detailed summaries of very impactful books, books that will transform your life. You also get access to over 50 one-on-one courses. These are video lectures from experts on how to take major action towards improving your life. 
Masterclass Purpose 101 not only provided me with some deep revelations, it also took me out of my writer's block and reminded me about how important it is to stay on my path and to focus on my own work. The reason why this service works is because all of the content comes out of the mind of Brian Johnson. Brian lives a semi-monastic life that is centered around deep work and thinking and contemplation, and he is driven to helping people live a better life. Try Optimize today. Get a 14-day free trial at optimize.me forward slash loved. That's 14-day free trial at optimize.me forward slash loved. You can also use code DEEP, that's D-E-E-P, if you decide to sign up after your trial to get 10% off. If you want more depth, Optimize will help you get there. And now back to our show. Every time that we go into the space when we're wanting to do things for our health, it is twofold. It's mental and it's also physiological, right? So it's important for us to pair all the things that we do externally to our internal landscape. I can do yoga and Pilates and spinning and doing all and taking all my nootropics and doing all (laughs) the putting my, you know, MCT oil in my matcha that's, you know, fair trade, whatever, all the shit. But if my insides in my mind is always frenetic and I feel so much anguish from, you know, stuff that's unprocessed, it's going to be, it's like you're hitting the gas and the break at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what you guys are speaking to and, and really what you your intention is behind Freddie is, is really creating that ecosystem, right? Absolutely. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I think um, to also like to go back to your question about, you know, what is it that stops us from treating ourselves at the same level of compassion? And what is it that like, we can clearly see it from an outside perspective, looking at a friend or a family member to say, call for help, like stop what you're doing. I think, um, I know for me, I have a tendency to kind of second guess or be like, am I overreacting? Um, and I think that's something we kind of get stuck in our own cycles of like, uh, do I, do I want to admit this to myself or, you know, am I being a victim right now? Am I, you know, I just need to push through it. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not showing up. I'm being weak or whatever it is. Like you self-criticize all wrapped up in that. It's like, you may know that you're suffering, but you also are criticizing yourself for suffering because you don't want to be, you don't want to, you don't want to be suffering. You want to be on your A game and doing your best. You're like, I just have to push through this. And then I'll, you know, I'm overreacting. I just need to like suck it up and keep going. Um, I don't know if any of, if either of you kind of experienced that too, but I, I definitely do. And then I'm still learning how to slow down in those moments and be like, okay, it's definitely time to, you know, slow down and, and practice some self-care instead. Um, but yeah, I think it, it is so much easier when you do have that kind of sustainable, like ecosystem of yeah. self-care and wellness that you practice every day that you, you start to get a better sense of how do you feel consistently when you're consistently treating yourself with your, with the utmost care, then you really get a better sense and you gain a lot more trust in your intuition because you have a better sense of what is stable and what feels good. And then you're just a little bit more sensitive to when you're not feeling good and you kind of know how to get yourself back when you get into a good practice. Yes. No, I really, I love that. And yeah, of course I can echo that a hundred percent. I always say, especially being in the world of wellness, you know, teaching yoga and mindfulness and yoga nidra and all these different techniques to get you restored. Meanwhile, I'm like burnt the fuck out. Right. I'm like prior to COVID (laughs) prior to 2020, I was 
I mean, I traveled 80% of the year. Like I was never at home. I was home. I think in 2017 and 2018, I was home a total of four weeks combined. Wow. Wow. Like I was not ever home and, um, it was, and it was a lot. And, and 2019 really showed how taxing that was on my health, you know, cause I started kind of going through a lot of, I was on a fertility journey. That's a separate topic. We can talk about next episode, but, but yeah, so there, there was a lot of that. And I always think it's funny because my purpose of saying all that was that we always teach what we most need to learn. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so that's good. That's good. You know, it's here we true. are. Yeah. Um, I really, I'm, I'm just wanting to be mindful of the time and I have not asked even the first question on my sheet here. (laughs) And I feel like that happens every time. And I'm sure the people listening are like, Rosie, you never ask any of those questions. I want to just give a shout out to Tessa, who's like the director for our podcast, because she prepares these really incredible questions all the time. And, you know, she keeps doing it, even though I never (laughs) ask the questions that she prepares. Um, but there was, there was some really great things on here. So I think one of the things that I, I do want to, um, and Tessa, you're amazing. I love you so much. Thank you for all the work that you do. Um, but I, I'd like to just ask both of you the question of, um, when it comes to wellness during a time where we feel so frenetic and so ungrounded, um, what are the things that have helped you stay the course? Um, just maybe like one or two things. And, and then one thing that you would recommend the people listening to this podcast that they could do for themselves today. Um, so I will, I'll, I'll take that first. Um, so I would say I, I'll, for two things, I would do one that's sort of like really in the moment and then two is more of a grander thing. One is I think breath work is very good and it's something that you take on the go. Obviously you have your lungs with you everywhere you go, but just like taking a moment in between any of the like stressful BS that's going on day to day and just taking a moment to breathe and focusing on it and doing nothing more. It sounds stupid if you've never heard of like what breathwork meditation or breathwork in general is, but once you sort of getting into it, you start reaping the benefits. And then all of a sudden, it's just like this tool you can take out at any given moment and just sort of calm your physiological nervous system down. And it's hugely beneficial. So that's one thing I'd recommend. And then two, which is when there's all of the craziness that's going on and you feel lost, um, that's when when you're doing something that has a greater purpose, when you're doing something that makes you happy, even though it's not making you happy in the moment, clearly, you still have that North star to look at and say, I know I'm doing this. I know why I'm dealing with this BS right now. It'll be done in a week. It'll be done in a day, whatever it is. And I'll be moving closer towards where I know I want to go. And so those two things, it's just very, very easy to just take a moment to reflect and do so while breathing. And so that's, that's what I would recommend. Hmm. Thank you. Um, I, I think there, there's a couple of things. Well, there's a lot of things I do, but um, a couple that come to mind are if I'm feeling just really like overwhelmed by the chaos of the world, by all the unknowns, by like when it's like fear of what's happening in the world starts to seep in, um, or I just start to feel otherwise anxious about all of the things that are outside of my control. 
I like to take a walk and like leave my phone and go get outside and be like, oh, the world is really not so scary. Like I'm okay. I can walk around and exist. And like, even if it's just in my little bubble for one moment, like it's okay. And that's like a nice reminder to kind of step outside. We've all been spending a lot of time inside in our houses and it can just, if all we're looking at the world is through the news on our TV screens or through our apps, like it's a horrifying place. It feels really scary right now. And so that's one thing I like to do. Um, And the other thing I like to do is uh, make a lot of lists when I'm feeling overwhelmed or disconnected, or especially in these times, like um, whether it's just, I'm feeling lost in how to approach my day, like everything feels overwhelming. I just start with a simple pen to paper list of all the things that I can do and realistically get done today. Um, And I'll make gratitude lists of, you know, when I need to reconnect Mm. in that way, when things are feeling awful or, I'll make a list of things that I'm looking forward to or a list of things that I'm yeah excited about, or, um, I'll make like, I, I do this sometimes is just like make a list of people I love in my life. And like, I'll be like, Oh, I haven't talked to them in a while. I'm going to like text them <laughs> and see how they're doing. Um, yeah, I just make a lot of lists in general. And there's just like, it, it just kind of reminds me of like the richness of life and it's like a silly thing, but, um, it, it helps. I love me a that. Lot. It's not so I love that's such a great oh I, I wrote that down. That's so <laughs> sweet. How fun. Um I am so grateful for both of you, first of all, for just creating a space and really setting an example of what it means to be a conscious wellness brand company. Um, I really look forward to seeing you guys continue to grow and I'm just, uh, I'm honored and privileged to have been able to have a conversation with both of you. Um, I do have one final question that I want both of you guys to answer. I ask all of my guests and it's pertaining to the podcast and it's the question of, I created radically loved as a place for people to come to get inspired, to feel supported the whole ethos of radical of radically loved is that we are all radically loved and supported by God, source, presence, mother, nature, whatever higher power of your understanding that the universe works for us and not against us. And so the question to you both separately is how do you feel radically loved? Hmm. Chelsea, you go first. Okay. Um, that is a great question. I think um, even just going back to that kind of making a list of people I love uh, is something that helps a lot. And um, I think I just like to kind of reflect on, you know, I, the work that I do and the people I'm able to reach through that and kind of remind myself of the impact I've been able to have through my work so far. And that kind of helps me just reconnect to my purpose, my sense of meaning, um, and just like a, an overall sense of value in, you know, how I can think of, you know, what I'm bringing to the world and to the people mm-hmm. that I, um, that I love to the people that I work with and, um, and just continue to reconnect to, okay, you know, what have I done? What can I do more of? And just remembering my, my purpose in that way. And, I think um, that helps me to kind of 
feel, you know, loved in certain ways and also helps me remember to love myself and feel gratitude for myself and um, all of the things that I've been kind of able to accomplish so far in my career and, um, and just kind of keeps me motivated to keep doing the next thing. I love that. Mitch. Yeah. I've been, I've been brainstorming. Up, that's a follow up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I've been brainstorming over here and this is, it's not a, it's not an obvious one for me, but I guess what I would say is that, um, you know, I feel radically loved by just kind of everyone that was a part of my upbringing to get me to this point. I feel like um, I've kind of reached a point where I feel like with an, enough work, enough dedication that I'm, I can do anything. And that's a very liberating feeling. And um, I don't think that that's something that everyone necessarily experiences, but it's something everything, everyone should experience. And so I'm just very grateful for whatever it was throughout my upbringing that uh, allowed me to have this mindset because, um, you know, feels good. We do have such a great family. <laughs> oh We're <God>. lucky. That's <laughs> the cutest. And you guys got good. You got also are, you know, two beautiful people. So you guys got good genes too in the family. So there you go. Thank, Thank you. your parents. Uh, so yeah. for the people that want uh, to learn more about you both and uh, Freddie, where can they go for more information? Uh, they can check our website out at wearefreddy.com. And uh, our Freddie is F-R-E-D-I. I'm sure they'll probably see that. Um, and then we're on Instagram, just also at wearefreddy. Perfect. So we will have those links on the show notes of this particular episode. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can just check the links out below. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share this with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know what you thought. Um, Mitch and Chelsea, you guys have been such a pleasure to talk to. I'm excited to have many more conversations with you both. Thank you both so much for being here and for everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been so lovely. Appreciate you. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.